1: Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself.
2: It is not the mountain we conquer, but ourselves. Sir Edmund Hillary, the first person to climb Mount Everest. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Starstyle Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be the Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, everyone. I'm Ruhani, and we have an awesome show planned all about Mount Everest and nature. In segment two, I'll be interviewing Elisa Zoltik, a teen who runs All Sugared Up, an organization that raises money for Sherpa children in Nepal, In segment three, I'll be reading some of my poetry about nature. And right now, I'll be sharing some cool facts about Mount Everest. So the first one is that it actually takes 40 days to summit Everest. So this doesn't include the time trekking to Everest Base Camp and that can take about 10 to 14 days. Um, It takes so long to summit Everest because um, it takes so long for the body to adjust to the extreme altitude. And on the summit, there's only a third of the amount of oxygen available compared to at sea level, which is crazy. And climbers normally use bottled oxygen to help them withstand the effects of that extreme altitude. Uh, And then another one I have, is that the fastest Everest summit was recorded in just 10 hours and 56 minutes. So the record is actually held by uh, Gulu Sherpa, who climbed the south side of the mountain in Nepal from base camp to the top of Everest in a record time of 10 hours and 56 minutes in 2003. And that is incredible because I can barely make it up to the stairs in 10 minutes. Um, And actually, Mount Everest is technically not the tallest mountain on the planet technically speaking it's mauna kea which is a massive 10200 meters tall however the majority of mauna kea resides below sea level therefore mount everest is the highest peak in the world above sea level and that's why we think of it as the tallest mountain the youngest person to actually summit uh, Mount Everest was American Jordan Romero, and he was only 13 year- years old and 11 months, and he summited on May 23rd, 2010 from the north side. And I did some research on him, and he's actually written a book from his exper- on his experience since then, and it's called No Summit Out of Sight, published in 2014, and it's pretty crazy. Um, he summited with his father Paul Romero, his stepmother, Kieran Lundgren, and three Sherpas, Ang Pasang Sherpa, Lama Dawa Sherpa, and Lama Karma Sherpa, which is crazy. Uh, 13 years old, that's an incredible age. And another... Interesting fact I have is that the first woman to summit Everest was Junko Tobai of Japan in 1975. She was also the first woman to ascend the seven summits, climbing the highest peak on every continent. She unfortunately passed away in 2016 at the age of 77. And she definitely remains an inspiration, not just for mountaineers, but for any woman or any person, really, who wants to accomplish something so massive. Um, Another very interesting fact is that Mount Everest is still growing. So right now it's estimated that Mount Everest is around 50 to 60 million years old, yet it has not stopped growing taller. The collision force of the Indian and Eurasian tectonic plates is still sending pressure to the Himalayas' height. So the summit of Everest actually increases a quarter of an inch every year. I can only imagine, like, summiting Everest in the year 2075. And I really found this one so cool. There was a wedding on Everest. So, this happened in 2005. A Nepalese couple, Mani Mulpati, 24, and her groom, Pam Dorji, 23, got married on top of Everest and they stayed at the summit for 10 minutes to complete the ritual. Now, I'm not sure if they're still together, but I sure hope so because that has got to be a very special wedding. And This is also pretty cool. So since people started summiting Everest, the year 1974 was the only year no one tried to climb the mountain. And I'm not sure why, but it's very crazy to think about how people have been climbing this mountain for a long time. And it feels so much more possible to be able to do so than in the past. And I used to have this weird Everest phase where I would just research a ton about it. And I actually did read a little bit about the Sherpas, who I'll be talking to about with our guest, And they do an incredible job. They basically help everyone reach it. And it's such a dangerous job. And there's something even called the death zone, which we'll be talking about in the next segment, I'm sure. And it's very dangerous, but it's such an amazing accomplishment. Anyone who does it is absolutely inspiring. And here's another fact. Airplanes can um, go higher than Mount Everest. So airplanes fly above 40,000 feet. So it's technically possible to fly over Mount Everest, which stands at around 29,000 feet. However, typical flight routes do not travel above Mount Everest as the mountains create unforgiving weather. And I cannot even imagine that turbulence. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment. During the break, check out our website, www.BeTheStarYouAre.org. Keep listening for more as I will be interviewing the awesome Elisa Zoltik about her organization, All Sugared Up, which helps Sherpa Children in Nepal. See you soon.
4: us at be the and the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
3: Get the
0: news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice TRN or twitter.com forward slash voiceamericaTRN. Welcome back to Express Yourself. This is Ruhani, and I will be talking to Alyssa
2: Zoltik, a current senior at Winston Churchill High School in Maryland. She is passionate about social impact and enjoys engaging in marketing, nonprofit work, and advocacy. She loves to tackle problems with creative ideas and find solutions to positively influence communities. She enjoys swimming, baking, and singing in her school choir. Much of her free time is spent volunteering at local shelters and baking cookies for her own organization, All Sugared Up. All Sugared Up is dedicated to raising money for the Appa Sherpa Foundation, a foundation that promotes education for the Sherpa kids in Nepal. All Sugared Up has currently raised over $3,000 and has baked over 6,000 cookies to support the Sherpa. Alyssa, it is so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. So getting started, who exactly are the Sherpas and what is their role on Everest?
5: Yes, so I actually heard about the Sherpas through a New York Times post and it was titled um, the 20, 2019 Mount Everest traffic jam that caused 19 deaths. So I looked into this, right? And I found out that um, there was a traffic jam at Mount Everest, which sounds surreal, but um, Sherpas and climbers were stranded at the top and many died due to a lack of oxygen. And I was really curious about this because we've all heard about Everest. We know it's the highest mountain in the world, but um, many of us don't know what actually allows climbers to summit, which are the Sherpa. So the Sherpa are a Nepali ethnic group that live in the villages of the Himalayan mountains. They work as porters, both in the villages and on Mount Everest, and they're hired by tourist companies in Nepal and Tibet. But they they were born with the ability to breathe well in high altitudes, which is why they work on Everest, but they were sadly exploited by Nepali tourist companies. Mm Mm-hmm. And how did you really get the
2: idea to start this organization to help them out?
5: So I've always been big on firsthand experiences. And um, I think this is just one thing where I was just shocked because I've never heard of it before. And um, I wanted to do something, anything that was possible in the position I was in. Obviously, they live overseas, and I can't help them directly. But um, I decided to raise money by baking for them. And um, I love baking. I love, you know, donating my cookies to my friends in various shelters. So I thought this would be a good idea over um, in early 2019 to sell my cookies to my friends and others living in my community so we could raise money for the Sherpas.
2: Well, it's a very creative idea, Mm -hmm. and you're, like, utilizing all your skills. And I actually have another question about the Mm Sherpas. So why are they so important to the Nepali climbing industry?
5: So the Sherpas, before the um, climbing season begins, the Sherpas, uh, Set up ladders and ropes on Mount Everest, and this, they oftentimes have to go up and down the mountain three or four times before the summiters or the climbing the climbers come. And they set up ropes, they set up ladders, and they cross deep crevasses to set up the ladders, which is why their job is so dangerous. And um, the Khumbu Icefall is where the crevasses are located, and the icefall actually shifts because of global warming and the melting ice. And this is especially dangerous. And there's been many instances where the Sherpas have fallen into crevasses or just have gotten hit with blocks of ice that fall on them. So it's a very dangerous job, but um, without them, the climbers would not be able to summit. They essentially lay out a yellow brick road for the climbers to follow. Wow, that's that's a very dangerous job.
2: And how much are they getting paid to like for each climbing session?
5: So, it ranges, but um, the Sherpa make around 2000 to $5,000 a climbing season, which is around a one to two month period of time. But the issue here is that Western um, guides make upwards to 40000 or even $50,000 wow. for doing the same job. And keep in mind, the Sherpa carry loads, almost double their body weight. They... Um, carry the climbers stuff like food and tents and sleeping bags up and down the mountain for them and it's just a very hard working job and industry to be in
2: yeah and it's pretty much exploitation for them out there getting paid and how do they really train is it like a family business or how
5: does it work so when the sherpa are little they actually don't go to school or they go to climbing school, they don't um, learn like how we would learn in like math and English and, you know, history. They are taught how to, you know, string ladders up on like little mountains and they're taught how to carry loads the best way. And they're actually, because of their ability to breathe in this high altitude, they're immediately um, sent to the climbing industry when they're 16, 17, 18. And the Sherpas who aren't, old enough to work on the mountain actually work in the regions under the himalayas to help tourists carry their loads i guess if they want to visit the village so it's just a very difficult place to be in but Mm. sherpas don't have another outlet for their work because this is the only way they're um, making money to provide for their families which Obviously $5,000 is not enough for the full year until the next climbing season. So many of them live in poverty, especially um, the Sherpa that live in the villages right under the Himalayas.
2: Yeah, and I remember like when I was little, I really wanted to climb Everest. Right, and, right. Yeah. So I was researching about it, but it was not until like a few months ago that I really knew who the Sherpa were. And it's kind of insane. Like, why do you think that the Sherpa get minimal credit for their work?
5: I think it's because, um, you know, summiting Everest is such like a wow thing to do, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, there's so much publicity around those who do summit because not many do summit, but, um, the Western world really prides itself on sending these climbers to reach the highest part in the world that a human can be in. Right. Right. So it's, it's, it's just overall a very elitist, um, Mm -hmm. industry I would say. And, You know the Sherpa work crazy, crazy hard for their job, and just to even help the climbers, they're actually um, they have to sign contracts for the climbers that um, are that force them to aid the climbers even in the case of emergency if the climbers want to stay on Everest. So in 2019, actually during this traffic jam, the Sherpas um, told the climbers like, "We gotta, you know, we gotta go down. We gotta." We, we can't stay up here, you know, the oxygen is going to run out, but the climbers are so focused on reaching the summit, they refuse to go down and this caused majority of the deaths, which is obviously very, very sad. Wow, yeah, I remember hearing about that. And is there anything the Western world can do to aid the Sherpa? Yeah, so it's, um it's a very complicated issue, right? Because the Nepal, Nepal, the country itself thrives off um, the money made from tourism, right? And it's very expensive to sell Everest. It's around, like, I want to say upwards. It, it ranges, but around $100,000 just to, you know, get the supplies, hire your Sherpa, et cetera. So I think the big thing is just... um if, you, if you're hearing this right now, educate yourself. There's a lot of articles out there posted by National Geographic, New York Times, and documentaries to watch to really understand the hardships they're going through. And, you know, we've just touched the surface, right? There's there's so much more that goes on. Um, the big thing is also to donate to organizations like the Apa Sherpa Foundation, which is um, – founded by Apa Sherpa who is actually the world record holder for the most amount of Everest summits um, the foundation works to raise money to enhance the educational opportunities for the Sherpa children so they can make a living when they're older outside of um, working as guides on Mount Everest I see and what exactly does all sugared
2: up do to help the APA Sherpa foundation
5: so all sugared up is focused on baking, and um, through selling of baked goods, we have raised money for the Appa Sherpa Foundation, and we're also in the process of, or we've also actually made a few pre-recorded English classes for the Sherpa children, which we send through the foundation, and they get um, sent to the children. Obviously, um, because of the unstable internet, it's not possible to interact with the children one-on-one, but Mm -hmm. uh, we really do enjoy... (laughs) Not seeing them, but hopefully helping them through some flashcards and some English teaching.
2: I see. That's so cool. And that seems like a really great thing you're doing. And what do you think All Sugared Up has taught you?
5: Um, I think just to be more aware of um, what's going on in the world. Um, You know, the rise of social media, of the Internet, it's really allowed us to become more connected and a lot of um, new topics are surfacing through the internet. So it's definitely taught me to just be aware. And also, I guess, to appreciate what I have right now, like an access to public education, which um, many people don't living in the United States and in other parts of the world. Um, I would encourage everyone to really just be thankful for even the small things in life that they have right now, because many of us and many, of other, many other people don't have this.
2: Yeah, totally. I totally agree with you. And actually going back to the Sherpa, because I'm Mm -hmm. pretty curious, do the Sherpas stay the entire time, like around, it's apparently like 40 days,
5: the usual summit with each climber. Is it one Sherpa per climber or how does Um, it work? It honestly depends. So many climbers go with a group, right? So there's like groups from a region in Europe or groups from like a part of the United States. And these groups hire multiple Sherpa. There's typically more Sherpa than climbers because um, each Sherpa has to stay with the climber while also there also has to be Sherpa um, carrying the stuff up Everest. And, you know, it amazes me that climbers don't even set up their own tents, right? Like the Sherpas are doing this for them. And, you know, many climbers decide to bring beds and all sorts of luxuries that aren't needed on the mountain, but um, they, they want to, have a more luxurious experience which I mean I don't really understand because climbing (laughs) Everest is definitely not like far away from that but yeah 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 I remember watching a documentary
2: about like how dangerous it is for Sherpas especially and how Mm -hmm. these days more and more inexperienced mountaineers are trying to climb Everest instead of those who are like very experienced right what do you think people can do if they want to climb Everest like what Mm -hmm. do you think they can learn before doing so
5: Right. So I guess the first thing is that um, climbers need to make sure they have a proper climbing background before attempting to summit Everest, because if inexperienced climbers attempt to climb, they slow down climbers that um, are more experienced and have a better chance of summiting. And, um, you know, it takes, there's a very small period of time where climbers can actually reach the summit from base camp four. And this means that they have to move rapidly. They wake up in the middle of the night and the weather on Everest is also unpredictable too. So, um, making sure that you have a pr- proper climbing experience and also making sure that you have acclimated to the temperature or to the high altitudes, um, on Everest and, You know, I think many of them stay for like at least like a month before and they start moving up, you know, higher and higher to the villages right near Everest until they get to Everest Base Camp. And that even takes a few days to get acclimated to the altitudes. And I know climbers go up and down um, the Kungu Icefall just to get a sense for how this is going to work. Wow. And do you actually know how many people... Attempt
2: the summit per year around the number.
5: I'm I'm not quite sure, but I I mean, in 2019, I wanna I wanna say it was a few hundred, but I'm not too sure on that one. Wow, yeah, I think
2: it is an incredible thing, but like you said, you have to have the right experience and the right background to make it easier for the Sherpa as well. Right. Yeah, and how far do you see All Sugared Up going? Like in five years, do you think it will will have expanded or? How do you think?
5: Well, (laughs) this is a good question. Um, In college, I actually hope to study development economics, which um, focuses on aiding other international regions and helping those living in poverty um, gain access to proper education and um, financial stability. So I hope to use what I learned in college to further expand, I'll show it up, into a national organization. And um, I'm excited to use what I've learned to engage in firsthand help.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that is incredible. And I'm sure you'll do great things and really help people out. And Mm -hmm. how do you think, in addition to social media, that we can raise awareness about the plight of the Sherpa?
5: Right so there's many organizations to donate to like the Juniper Fund the Sherpa support, support Fund um the International Avalanche Nest Egg Foundation so I just think it's becoming more educated and especially when we're little you know there's a big fixation on like wow this is Mount Everest but I guess just um it it would be this is a hard thing to do but um I guess with kids that are so fixated on Mount Everest, like letting them know that it's not all glory that's attached mm-hmm. to the mountain. It's a very, it's a long process, which I think it, it takes a bit of more maturity to understand, but I think that's a big thing. Right. Yeah. Like growing up, I
2: also had that mindset. I think mm-hmm. we all did and really education at a young age matters. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about the people involved with All Sugared Up in addition to yourself?
5: <laughs> Yeah, sure. So, um what my closest friends are a part of my organization and they help me and they they're they're a very big help. They help with marketing, um reaching out to other foundations because there's so many that do support the shirt buy and baking, of course. And um we've expanded to have chapters in China as well, which is awesome. Um my wow. friend in China, so um, we talk with our family and our friends over there and they actually bake like Chinese treats like bean cakes and such to raise money to support the Sherpa and we donate every month but um, we obviously we have highs and lows but um, marketing and engagement is a big one and on the Instagram um, many people do reach out and DM us asking us to buy cookies so um, the people I work with are very quick to respond to those to <laughs> help them and what they need. So you collaborate with the Apa
2: Sherpa Foundation or how does it work? Do you just help them out by giving them money after selling
5: cookies? Yeah. So I actually reached out to them around um, three years ago and I was just like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I love your organization. Um, I think Apa Sherpa is doing great things and um, we connect like that. So we send in monthly donations. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, that is incredible. And your outreach seems pretty good so far. So <laughs> what else are you doing for marketing?
5: Um, so I'm really enjoy nonprofit work. So um, in helping my local nonprofits with flyers and such, and um, of course the Instagram is a big thing, you know, it really helps us all stay connected. So people at my school know what I'm doing. My friends are a big help in engaging in, um, with you know, our friends and we express what we, what our mission is through the social media. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that is incredible. And going back to the Sherpa,
2: because like I said, I would love to know as much as I can about Mm -hmm. them. Um, Is every person who is a Sherpa, like have a first name followed by the name Sherpa as in like Jack Sherpa?
5: Yes. um, There, there's, There's like, you've probably heard of Tenzing Norgay, who is actually called Tenzing Norgay Sherpa. So you have a name followed by Sherpa. He was with Sir Edmund Hillary. Yes, yes,
2: yes. yes. That is incredible. And do you see yourself climbing
5: Mount Everest one day? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. um, I think, one, I'm not a very big fan of heights, but two, I think there's just a lot to address before even like going into that territory. (laughs)
2: yeah I could never either um so do you think in addition to baking all sugared up will try to do like different things for raising money
5: yeah so um right now baking is a I guess it's a quick way and it's doing what I love to also help something I'm super passionate about but um I think I definitely have to become more educated on the economics of the tourism industry because that's kind of the sole reason why the Sherpas are put in the position they are in. But um, once I think I gain, I learn more, I think um, I would love to work with a governmental agency or, you know, uh, work with a nonprofit to aid directly. And I hope to take my experiences and um, form All it Up into something even bigger. Yeah, that is incredible. And going back to that documentary I watched a few months
2: ago, I remember they were saying that the Nepali government actually doesn't really do enough to help with the plight of the Sherpas. So what do you think they can be doing to help, you know, their own people out?
5: Right. Um, So the big thing is not selling too many Mount Everest permits because that causes a lot of issues on, you know, what Sherpa is going with what climber, how much they get paid. And also the Nepal relies on the tourism industry. So it's difficult for them to cut off the industry itself. But I just think giving access to education, giving access to education to those living in the villages would really help them a lot in their future because, you know, they're expected to support their family with, from their income from um, climbing Mount Everest. But if they were given another opportunity to, um, work somewhere else through education, they could um, ease the pressure off summiting because they actually only make money if they reach the summit. I see. Yeah. And I think education is
2: totally important. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying that they go straight to climbing school instead of normal school. Right. Um, so do some Sherpas make more money than others?
5: Again, it totally just depends what um, uh, tourism company they're working with, but It's still just very, very little, not enough to support their families.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you said that they
5: don't get paid if they don't reach the summit. Like, that is so unfair. Right. Like, this is, again, some companies work different. But just from research, I just found out that many Sherpas, or not many, but they must reach the summit in order to get paid and, um, like, oftentimes you know climbers don't make the summit and something horrible horrible happens and they die on the mountain and obviously you know the sherpas are the ones to bring them down and if you look at pictures and videos it is it is difficult they have to you know like already climbing the mountain is difficult but taking another person down is just even harder so um yeah wow and
2: so if they put in their 40 to 50 days, the Sherpas don't even get paid after all that if they don't like reach the top of the mountain?
5: It, it just, it depends on the industry or the climbing company, but it does happen. And it's, yeah. unfair. Yeah. and again, it's exploitation of their work. That has to be changed
2: for sure. Yeah. And I'm sure majority of the people who climb Mount Everest are Sherpas. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know, do you have a specific number of how many Sherpa there are?
5: Um, there are a lot because um, Sherpa is such a generic name, but those that work on Everest, um, maybe a, a thousand. Wow. but there, you know, people are getting older and older. More begin to work on Everest, and it's really, you know, surprising because people that are in their or Sherpas that are in their 60s continue to work on the mountain because it really is their only access to income. Yeah. And can people ask for a specific Sherpa? Um, Some climbers that are well known among the Sherpa population are actually friends with the Sherpa. And there's a lot of, you know, selfies on Instagram with that um, are taken by climbers with their Sherpas on the summit. But generally, no, you can. It depends on the company you are with. I see. Yeah. And. I think what you're
2: doing, again, is really, really incredible, um, you know, just to help them out is a great thing, and in addition to, like, education, how do you think that, you know, people in the West can contribute to a better future mm-hmm. for Sherpa children?
5: Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's a very complex issue, so there's no one root solution, but honestly, I genuinely do believe limiting the amount of summit attempts there are would really help them um help their lives and also it would kind of push nepal to give them another way to make money but um the climbing industry isn't going away anytime soon more climbers than ever are climbing ever so um i just think more edu education on our side would benefit them i agree and
2: you know, from Mount, like what I researched about the Mount Everest summit, there's something called the death
5: zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know um, anything about that? Yeah. So um, the the death zone is the area right near the summit where you need an oxygen tank to breathe. And um, it's very dangerous because um, your oxygen tank cannot be working right or um, sometimes you don't even realize what's going on because at that level of, um, you could get altitude sickness which often causes um, you to go a little bit crazy and disoriented and um, that happens more often than you would think and it's that's why it's called the death zone because you can't survive up there without oxygen but um, climbers and the sherpas have actually um, attempted to Finish summiting Everest without oxygen. And there's been a few stories of that. I'm not too familiar with what they really did, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's very, very dangerous. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. And do
2: Sherpa actually bring like all the supplied oxygen as well as the other supplies or do some people bring their own?
5: Yeah. So climbers carry their necessities, so they should be carrying an oxygen tank, um, you know, extra, Yes, clothing, gloves, but the majority of like heavy duty items are carried by the Sherpa. And if you look at pictures, their loads are enormous. And it's just surreal about how they're climbing Everest, carrying this and also like making the food for the climbers and just essentially almost babysitting them, which is, again, they're getting paid to do that, but not getting paid enough. And um, it's a very unethical job.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, how can you carry enough oxygen, food, and water, such right. like, 40 days, right. you know?
5: Right. And the Sherpa, um, they always have to put the climbers first, right? They they call them clients. Like, the Sherpas put their clients before them, which, which makes it very dangerous. Um, and also, there's just a lot of natural disasters that happen on Everest. Like, in 2014, there was an avalanche, right? And at that, um, you know, it, it's pretty common, but Uh, This one was deadly. Um, Many, many, many Sherpas died in the Khumbu Icefall region, which is the part where all the crevasses are located, and it's just ice. So it's just a very dangerous experience itself.
2: I see, yeah. And, you know, going back to the first summit, you know, I feel like, do you think we hear more about Sir Edmund Hillary than we do the Sherpa who helped him, Tenzing
5: Norgay? Um, I... I do think, in a way, just because um, that's how the Western world, that's how I knew about Everest, right? Yeah. I knew that he was summiter of Everest, and I didn't even know Tenzing Norgay was a Sherpa, actually, until a few years ago when I really researched him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And were the Sherpa climbing Mount Everest even before Sir Edmund Hillary?
5: Um. I would assume yes, but not, you know, I think the, uh, many, um, aspiring summiters climate for glory, um, climate for climate to say I climbed Mount Everest, but I think, um, before the Sherpas were probably doing it more for recreation rather than like a pride scenario. Yeah. I
2: think that is a thing that I the mean- Western world deals with this Excessive right. amount of pride. Right. Um, do you know about any other social organizations in addition to the APA Sherpa Foundation that is run by Sherpas themselves and advocate for them?
5: Um, uh, The Sherpa Support Fund and the Sherpa Education Fund are both um, foundations to aid the Sherpa. I don't think they're run by the Sherpa um, themselves, but more and more um, Westerners are becoming... Um, are learning about the Sherpas, right? And mm-hmm. I think um, climbers that are attempting to summit oftentimes know that they're going to be working with the Sherpa, but don't know the true um, conditions that they're facing and true hardships that they're facing before maybe engaging with them and talking to them. And also, there's definitely been cases where climbers are rude to their Sherpa, which oh, are wow. to help them. Right, so it's a very just. It's it's not a good experience.
2: Yeah, that is terrible. You know, you like you're risking your life, and then life, and then they're just treating you terribly. That is so sad. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I think what you're doing again is just so amazing. I feel like not enough people know about the Sherpa, and I'm so glad that there's programs like this that can help them. Yeah. Yeah, it's honestly incredible, and. I see, um, sorry, the question I was going to ask is, like I said, uh, like you said earlier, that um, all sugared up in like five years would probably expand a bit more.
4: Mm-hmm. Do you see
2: yourself going like directly um, helping people in Nepal?
5: I would love to um, work with a governmental agency and visit Nepal sometime, maybe during college, maybe after college. Um, I really just want to, talk with the Sherpa and also with the uh, people living there. Um, I think it would allow me to generate a more um, wide view on their conditions. And it's, it's, it's very difficult to understand what they're going through. There's a lot of, you know, interviews of the Sherpa online, on documentaries, on YouTube. But um, I think the real and raw experience would occur for, if I can visit them and converse with them for standing, Yeah,
2: and I'm sure you will be able to do that. You'll be excellent at it. Um, thank you. <laughs> unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment, and thank you so much, Alyssa, for being a guest on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Um, you're doing absolutely amazing. And for more information about All Sugared Up, visit https://allsugaredup.org or follow them on Instagram at allsugaredup. Thank you.
4: If you are ready to be inspired, .com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel
0: You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit expressyourselfteenradio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome
2: back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about Everest and nature. So I will be sharing some poems I wrote about nature and how important it is to keep it safe. So I wrote this one in 2018 or 2019, I can't really remember. It's called Under Attack and I hope you enjoy it. Your home is under attack. There's fire, thick, unbreathable air. Your home is under attack. There's water, rising up so quickly and suddenly. Your home is under attack. There's earth, infertile dirt, no longer able to sustain life. Your home is under attack. There's an imbalance from burning rainforests to overpopulated cities, groups that try their best to politicians and corporations who couldn't care less. Your home is under attack. And think of all the memories made in this place. Not just you and your ancestors, but the thousands of generations that, that trek these mountaintops, the thousands of species that claim the resources so graciously given to us. Your home is under attack and this is the only home we've ever known. There's no other place to turn to. We will not be the only species to wipe out, but we will be the first to cause our planet to die with us. Your home is under attack And now it's critical to fight our own collateral damage to defend this miraculous shelter. Life as we know it is under siege. And after years of being criminals, it's time to become heroes. Okay, so that's what I wrote as a freshman. And now two years later, um, I feel just as strongly about protecting the earth and I remember when we had our segment on climate change, I was talking about how sometimes it's easy to feel hopeless about our situation, but it's important to remember, we need to create the future our grandchildren deserve. And that being said, here's a poem I wrote recently called, Shall Grandma Tell You? In the near future, shall grandma tell you a story of before? Floating in the Pacific... Eager fish brushing against her fingertips. Powdered mountaintops. Bright eyes under ski slopes. Orderly seasons. Bitter frost never disrupting disrupting those temperate days. Aromatic bulbs. Bustling to grow on the boundless green. We plucked so many, so carelessly. Grandma should have saved some for you. In the near future... Shall Grandma make you envious of her body? How her health came from unlimited consumption? Versatile water, granting wishes you must think is an extreme luxury. Calming, sweet-scented baths. Cool river water dripping from her lips. Packaged into a bottle she could get any week, any day. Back then, it was a simple necessity. The lack of thought behind the utilization, never once classified as greedy. In the near future, shall grandma speak of true greed? Thick black oil in the lungs of multicolored life you've only ever seen on a screen. Shall grandma speak of the record-breaking speed of disappearing ice dripping onto vacation lodges? Shall grandma speak of the alarm bells that rang in the mouths of children her age, fighting with them as much as she could, until she too realized assimilating to exploitation was easier than resisting it. Dear grandchild, I cannot tell you to fight. I can only apologize for your reality brought upon our lack of gratitude, our lack of strategic unity, our plentiful sins. For grandma has a secret. She wasn't born in the before. The before actually came before all of us were born. She spent most of her years in the near end of a limbo, of a world able to heed the warnings ruled by nature and its blessings, or a corporate-ran, carbon-loving entity that we found it easier to bow down to than defy. So I hope you guys liked that one. Um, It was pretty heavy, but... I think gets the message across and I think you know expressing yourself through writing is a great way to get that message across. And I have one little snippet to share for you guys. And I wrote it from the perspective of the sky. And the plot is basically the sky is watching a young girl watching the sky and all. So here it goes. Many times I wish it all ended, my array of gases to disintegrate into nothingness, the hole in my ozone layer finally ripping me to shreds, saving me the pain from their contamination. I'm sick of the continual torture. Chaos would echo through every crevice of the planet if I were to go. The humans would weep the most from their own cause, their own sin. I would be free, though no longer to be a slave of their residue and they would wipe out just like i've seen happen to many creatures over the years funnily enough they would be the first species to cause their own destruction but when i see people like her with wisdom in those big eyes and actual sincerity for the planet i want to continue and go on at least for a while I'm a bit proud to be around people like them. The wisdom she possesses is one I wish everyone would have to protect the planet, to try not to pollute, to have that intelligence that understands reality. Insignificance is right up humans' alley, and to accept it is the best possible thing they can ever do. If they would stop wallowing in their imagined self-importance and try to save their only known home, Perhaps this world would be a better place to live in. It can truly be a perfect world if they work on it, which I doubt humans will, and I've been around long enough to know that their intellect is limited. However, with the girl's eyes on me for practically the whole night, enamored by my sheer size and power, and I feeling astounded by what's behind the seeming naivety, my existence doesn't feel so cursed for a few hours, and that is a beautiful rarity. Yeah, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, still trying to get that message across. And before I end the show, I just want to read our January newsletter from Be the Star You Are, because I think it's very fitting. And starts with a quote from Mother Teresa. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Wildflowers often appear on likely places after someone has scattered some seeds. They may never even know they sprouted. Kindness can also grow and multiply from your one tiny seed. A stranger hears you say hello, so they smile at the next person they pass. That individual decides to take time to stop and chat with their neighbor about a good book they read. Soon the neighborhood is putting up little free libraries in their community. That's where a little boy picks up a book about kids living in Africa. He asks his mom if he can send his allowance to the kids who don't have books. Amazed at his generosity, the mom posts about her son's initiative, and soon there are many kids in Africa learning how to read. And it all started with a simple hello. And Karen Kitchell is actually one who penned two chapters in the book, the star you are millennials to boomers celebrating gifts of positive voices in a changing digital world she's the kindness coordinator volunteer with btsya and she serves meal to the homeless and is a volunteer teacher writer job coach and mentor her website is www.scatteringkindness.com again it's www.scatteringkindness.com And here's a message, before we end the show, from our founder slash executive director, Cynthia Bryan. And it starts with a quote again from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And it's, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Happy New Year to you. How are you doing? With the raging pandemic and divisive, hostile nation, it's not the beginning of a New Year that we anticipated, Instead of writing a list of business goals that I want to achieve in the next 12 months, these are resolutions. Be kind. Be inclusive. Be grateful. Be present. Be healthy. Be of service and be loving. Yeah, and I really want to follow those and... I hope you guys enjoyed this segment. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Be The Star You Are and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Andrew. Thanks to our guests from across the world. And a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about the Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestaryouare.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio, and thank you for listening. Show your gratitude for Mother Earth and support the week of the Sherpas. Be kind, be inclusive, make sure to celebrate Martin Luther King Day, and always remember to
0: speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Jesus.